We've written a book! We've been working really hard with HarperCollins to create the book that we felt was missing from baby sleep advice. One that doesn't say you have to be a particular type of parent or will make you feel shit about yourself if you're not. One that is straightforward and will empower you to get the sleep you want for your family. Sleep Better Baby is zero judgment, obviously, stacked with easy to follow guidelines, a sleep toolkit to arm yourself with, at a glance crib notes, routines and how to hack them. Basically, it's the only baby and parent sleep book worth having. Order Sleep Better Baby now, just head to Amazon and search Sleep Better Baby or go to our website, thesleepmums.co.uk. Tired. It's pretty much the word every parent answers when asked, how are you? Parenthood is exhausting. And whilst we can't promise you'll never put your phone in the fridge and try to make a call with the milk again, we can help you and your family get more kip. This is The Sleep Mums, the only podcast that will help your baby sleep. I'm Kat Cuby, journalist and broadcaster, and this is Sarah Carpenter, baby sleep consultant. Now, I've just learned that whilst I'm planning, writing and getting things ready for a podcast, Sarah does another kind of prep. (laughs) Sarah, how do you prepare for our podcast? Come on, you're with friends. (laughs) I actually knew you were going to do this to me. As soon as I sent that text, I was like, this is going to come back and bite me. It's ridiculous, but I feel like I cannot confidently do a podcast unless I've waxed my legs. Guys, you have to understand, Sarah prepares for our podcast like it's a date. That's how special you guys are. (laughs) This episode is all about weaning and how to make sure that once you start feeding your baby food, you still get solid sleep. Around six months, breast or formula milk alone no longer supplies enough nutrients for baby's growth and development. Eating solid foods can feel like a really big change for baby and whilst it's super exciting, it can also involve a lot of work and cleaning up. The NHS guidelines currently recommend weaning at six months, but the truth is it can honestly feel like a bit of a minefield. So our first thing is how do you know if your baby is ready for solid food? Some babies seem ready for food way before others, and some parents are ready for weaning before others. So Sarah, when do you know if your baby is ready for food? You're looking for developmental changes, and that's how you're going to know that they're ready. And this is why the NHS guideline of weaning around six months is a guideline and not a hard and fast rule, because like you say, some babies are going to be ready slightly before others. But bear in mind that by six months, all babies need to start on some form of solids. So, you know, you're not, it's not going to be my baby's turn six months today and that's them starting on solids. Some babies will start beforehand and that's absolutely fine. But a few key signs that you're looking for are your baby will suddenly show huge amounts of interest in what you're eating. If they're sitting on your knee, they're going to start grabbing at the food. They're going to start pulling the fork out your hand. You know, your previously snuggly, cuddly baby that's been quite fine sitting on your knee in a cafe is now going to be flicking your plate onto your lap and making a real mess and a huge amount of noise just because they're watching you. They're trying to mimic you. So if you're putting your spoon into the bowl, they're going to put their hand into the bowl and follow what you're doing. I'm pretty sure both of my kids went to grab beer bottles fairly early. I don't know what that says about us as a family or my children or my parents. Obviously, we didn't let them. I think we've all got that photo of our yeah, baby. Exactly. A beer. 
you want to be looking out for signs that they're starting to sit up a little bit more confidently and independently. Now, they don't have to be fully independent. You can use the high chair to obviously support them. So it's just seeing that strengthening in their back and neck muscles that you're looking for. You'll see an improvement in their coordination. So their hand-eye coordination is going to improve. They are going to actually be able to reach for things and bring that thing up to their mouth. And they might actually have more disrupted nights. So a baby who's been previously really settled overnight and sleeping through, they might suddenly start to wake up overnight again. And that is a sign that they really are ready to start solids and also becoming irritable and less satisfied after they've had their milk. You know, previously they might have still experienced that real sort of milk drunk face and been really relaxed after they'd had a feed. Now they might be finishing their milk and continuing to be quite grumpy as if they haven't really had a feed at all. Because the guidelines are there and it feels like a hard and fast rule that literally wait, right, okay, that's the six month birthday, now we can go. But it doesn't have to be a hard line as that. No, it really doesn't. And it's really important to remember as well that, you know, when you do say ready, sit, ready, go, they're not going to sit down to a three-course meal. It's a relatively slow process when you start weaning. With little tastes, um, you're really building up to the Christmas dinner, which we'll finally get to. Our second thing is why weaning is actually quite a lot like sleep, because we always want to bring it back to our favourite. I think it's just because there's so much information out there and there are certain parenting cliques which can make you feel like you must do it one way or the other. And depending on where you stand, if you don't do it that way, suddenly you're a bad parent and people can feel quite passionately about whatever standpoint they're coming from. And that can be really overwhelming in itself as a parent. And that's kind of what we want to bust in terms of sleep. And that's why we created the Sleep Mums, because just because there are these two opposing views doesn't mean you need to fall into a particular camp. And I think with weaning, there can often feel like there's a right way and a wrong way to feed your baby. And for a lot of parents and people, that really freaks them out. So Sarah, what are the different kind of groups or standpoints, if you like, around weaning? And is there a right way? So the two main forms of weaning are baby-led or spoon-fed, essentially meaning that, you know, for baby-led, you are waiting until six months because you can't start baby-led before six months. And then you're instantly offering the sort of finger food varieties. Now, a lot of people find that with maybe numbers two, three, four, five, so babies who are already watching siblings eat, that they do prefer the baby-led method. And actually, for some busy parents, baby-led just fits in a little bit better. The other form of weaning is you're spoon-fed, so your purees, and you're just, you can start that before six months. So you are just pureeing all your vegetables before you give it to your baby. And over time, you're just increasing the consistency. There is no right or wrong. And actually, my recommendation is post six months to do a combination of both. If you are doing purees, then you have a little bit more security and confidence in what you're given because you're in control of the amount that baby's taking. So you actually are feeding them a meal that you can walk away and think, yep, they've had enough to eat and they're going to be satisfied. If they're doing purely baby-led, you can't always monitor what's going in. And, you know, a lot of it does end up on the floor. 
And if you've got a dog, that gets cleaned up pretty quickly and you can't even see what's been left. So it's just from a confidence point of view, a combination or definitely starting with puries can be a lot easier. I certainly find with both of mine that giving them something to hold in their hands was such a useful way of slightly distracting them from trying to throw bowls of food around the kitchen, but also giving them a wee bit of control over what they were eating was a positive thing they felt involved too but also that certainly from my point of view and obviously again what we always reiterate is everyone's different but for me I felt better knowing that they had had uh, a good meal or as or as I saw a good meal from the purees as well yeah definitely definitely it just it's about confidence again and you do get different personalities obviously in terms of eating as well yeah, I mean, some babies will open their mouths for that first meal and never look back. Other babies will just, you know, they'll take more time to learn the skill of how to eat and it will just be a longer process. See, it's just like sleep. That's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so exactly. It's like sleep because whilst baby might instinctively know about putting food into their mouths, we as parents help them to make good choices when it comes to what to eat. So like sleep, it's our job as parents to guide them and help them towards better eating and, of course, better sleep. Now on to our third thing, some tips to actually help you get started with weaning, because given everything we've said, it can feel pretty daunting. So, Sarah, how and where do you start? First and foremost, keep it simple. Don't rush out and buy all the gadgets that are associated with weaning. You really don't need them. The essential things are a flat, small, oval-shaped spoon, a good bib and somewhere for baby to sit. So at this stage, you don't even need a high chair. You can use, if you've got like a bouncy chair style chair, sort of your baby Bjorn or something, you can actually sit baby in there initially to get started. Just make sure that you obviously put a towel or something around it to keep it a bit cleaner because you are going to get messy. As soon as that spoon goes into the baby's mouth, their hands are going to follow. So things will get messy. So I would say my top tip would be lower your expectations as you get started I've said it before I think that's a very good tip for parenting in general (laughs) not that you shouldn't have high expectations for your children because of course all of them are geniuses but um yeah just in general lower your expectations of how the day is going to pan out the better it is (laughs) exactly so you know when you first start you've got to remember that it's another new skill that your little baby is learning so they might not appreciate that they have to open their mouth So the initial few spoonfuls, it's going to be a case of the spoon approaching baby's mouth, baby's tongue coming out and pushing the food back up the spoon. So they're not actually going to take it in, they're just going to push it around a bit. So you're going to spend the first possibly few meals scooping the same spoonful of food off the chin and putting it back (laughs) into the mouth. So that little tiny bit of food could go in and out the mouth a good 10 times. And actually, you'll feel like you've done nothing and babies achieve nothing. But they have. They, during that process, they've learned another new skill in their little lives. That's definitely kind of the starting point. In terms of introducing meals, over the course of sort of nine days, you want to be introducing one meal every three days. So by the time you've got to the end of your nine days, you're on your three meals. Now, it doesn't matter which meal you introduce first, OK? You'll get a lot of conflicting advice on that. 
But actually, the most important thing to think about is when you have time and when your baby is awake, not overly hungry, but hungry enough to try something. So it really is about the timing that works for you. For some people, breakfast is the most relaxed time of the day, so that's the meal to go for. Other people prefer to wait until dinner time when both parents might be there. And for some, lunch is when they can actually adjust the timings, they can do it a little bit earlier so baby's definitely not tired and then they can go down for their big nap so it really is up to you to think about when it's going to work in your day but once you have started weaning there's no going back so you can't decide to give baby lunch for three days and then have a week where actually you've been too busy to give them any food you have to keep it going once you've started which is why it's so important that you're ready to do it as well as baby being ready to do it because it is a big undertaking like whether you're doing purees or you're doing baby led or a combination of them there can be a lot of preparing and cleaning up to do and you know it's a bit like painting a room I always get really excited before starting weaning and then a couple of days in I'm like oh man I forgot how hard this was absolutely a lot of people feel like that but trying again you know coming back to keeping it simple don't stress if you've decided to go down the puree route do not stress if you end up just using pouches for the first tastes there's nothing wrong with that you know if it's a difference of you actually enjoying the experience and not enjoying the experience it's far better to go down the route of making it easy for yourself yeah I think what's really important is that you make it a fun experience for you and baby and you're essentially their cheerleader that, you know, however they're doing, if they are just wiping food around their face or pushing it up the spoon, that you encourage them and also remind yourself that you need encouragement too. And so be a cheerleader for yourself as well. Don't be too hard on yourself. No, not at all. So if you're standing in front of your baby getting excited about the fact that they've licked the spoon, you're probably going to get rewarded with a really nice smile. So your baby's actually your cheerleader whilst you're being theirs, which is really nice. Oh God, I'm clearly a bit emotional today. (laughs) I was like, that's so lovely. (laughs) Actual tears. (laughs) (laughs) I started with breakfast because it seemed to be the quietest time in our house. And there was a nice kind of break between having had that morning feed. And then I quite liked sitting and having breakfast with each of them. It felt like a really special time, as you say, kind of just really me and them. And whilst the rest of the day, there was always other things going on or other noises or people around, whereas it felt really calm and quiet. But that will be different for different people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really important just to think about your household and you know the things that are going to work for you sometimes breakfast can actually be the busiest time of day yeah Um, so yeah it's just just before you start just really take time to consider when you're going to do it now we always bring it back to sleep because that's what we're here for so our fourth thing is how your baby starting on solid food can impact their sleep so Sarah how does solids affect sleep So it can be positive and it can be negative. Um, If your baby's fuller, they are going to sleep better. They're going to be more satisfied. But in addition to that, you know, introducing all these new flavours and foods, it can actually affect 
your baby's bubble movements and their wind. So you do need to work that little bit harder. Just give them enough time to sit quietly after they finish their meal just to help digest it, just to improve the amount of trapped wind definitely that that they could potentially have. Be prepared, you know, if, if, like we were saying earlier, you know, if baby becomes a little bit unsettled overnight, then just, if you can, discreetly check the nappy just in case the introduction of solids has caused them to do a poo overnight, which you previously maybe wouldn't have done. But that can happen because it changes the consistency of the poo so much. It can cause sometimes a little bit of constipation as well. So they might have a little bit of a sore tummy from that, which could prevent them from getting into that really nice, good deep sleep. So just think about the timings of food. You know, you don't want to be doing it 10 minutes before you're putting them down for a nap. You definitely don't want to be giving them dinner too close to bath time, things like that. So just always allow for a little bit of a window to sit quietly in the high chair, maybe singing some songs or reading some books just to help baby digest things. And while they're doing that, they can have their little beaker with water in it, which is obviously going to help with them any of the sort of tummy issues as well. If they're starting to just play around and drink the odd little bit of water, that will really help. Parenting klaxon here. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> when you start, <laughs> when you start weaning uh, and you're going from milk onto solid food, the contents of your baby's nappy a couple of days or 24 hours or so after you start, depending on how much they eat can be quite revolting. You may book. I would say <laughs> if you're changing dirty nappies after you started weaning, make sure that your stomach is settled because <laughs> it's, it's quite a change from the old deck korma poo. <laughs> yeah, people can get quite a shock when they actually see exactly what their baby's eating coming back out in their nappy. So be prepared for that. And the smell as well, you know, having thought that their baby's poo smell quite sweet and nice. Not anymore. Yeah. And whole blueberries. the other thing talking about wind as well which is is important obviously we we've said before can massively impact sleep and just in the same way as you wind your baby after they've had milk feeds there are ways to help that wind move through their system after you start weaning and you've you've spoken obviously about keeping them in their high chair little bits of water but also tummy massage can be really good around bath time again just before they're going to sleep at night to help move things through we made up a song which was to go with the kind of cycling movement that you do with their legs that helps wind go through which was called pump the poo because <laughs> almost on a nightly occurrence we would do this kind of cycling thing post bath and then there would be a poo <laughs> But I was glad that they would get it out before going to sleep. Sorry, that's definitely parenting overshare there. I apologize to my children. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you're totally right. It's really important to do everything you can to help them. And it actually is quite a nice little time slot of the day just to do a little bit of massage, help relax them before their bath or bed and get those legs moving to really help the bubbles move. As I say, we love the sleep. So I think it's important to talk about the fact there are actually some foods that can help with sleep. There are foods that contain tryptophan, which I know sounds a little bit like suddenly gone into a sci-fi movie, but it's basically a substance that when it's combined with healthy carbs, gives better sleep. And there are lots of things that you probably 
know about the fact that they can help with sleep like oats actually interestingly some green leafy veg bananas are good and poultry is actually good if you are on a meat diet especially turkey which is why everyone falls asleep on Christmas day and as we said at the beginning of this pod it's all about Christmas dinner and having a snooze afterwards if you are veggie or vegan there are lots of nuts and almonds that also contain tryptophan too. Just be aware when you're introducing certain foods as well to check what age they can be introduced from and just cover that and also think about your allergies to allergies run in the family then you don't want to be introducing anything that might be risky. Exactly like a number of those things might come on later you know after you long into your sort of weaning journey but clearly oats and uh, it can be fairly early on. Yep, definitely. And your cabbage and spinach definitely can be early on. Yeah, but again, watch for the poos <laughs> <laughs> and the wind. <laughs> we all know that. And finally, let's talk about what Sarah calls the weaning 3-2. Now, don't panic. This isn't some sort of mad diet for you or your baby like that one that was really popular a few years back. So, Sarah, what is the 3-2? Or I should maybe call it Sarah's 3-2. What's your 3-2? So essentially, by the sort of end of your initial weaning journey, you want baby to be on three meals a day and two snacks. So that's your 3-2. The amounts of food that you will give your baby are going to vary. Some days, just like you and I, you know, some days they're going to be extra hungry. They're going to demolish absolutely everything that you offer them. Other days they'll be a little bit more picky. And that's the same for taste. You know, you might offer, I don't know, like a sausage casserole one day and it might be their favourite food. They might eat three bowls at lunchtime. You might offer that exact same sausage casserole two days later and they'll turn their nose up at it. So it's fine for them to have their own little opinions. But at this stage, it's not that they dislike something. So if you keep offering a food then they're more likely to take it. Not to say that you won't come across something that they really dislike. I have a real hang-up about baked beans, so I generally <laughs> didn't offer what? it to my children. <laughs> I know. Um, and when I did, they rejected it. And I was, after one sitting, I was like, yeah, they're like me. They don't like it, so that <laughs> we don't have baked beans in the house. <laughs> Obviously, that can sound like quite a lot of meals like meals and snacks the three two because that's obviously five separate sittings a day and then you add into that milk feeds it can feel a bit like in those early days that literally all you are doing is feeding your baby Uh, so Sarah let's talk about that a wee bit yeah so you definitely don't want to be reducing your milk feeds at this stage you actually won't see a change to any of the milk feeds until around about the eight nine month mark so you really are cramming your day and it can feel like you've got quite a lot to fit in when you think about your milk feeds your playtime your solids and your sleeps so it's quite good to just think about the structure of your day and if you haven't previously had a schedule you will fall into a natural schedule now because you've got so much more to fit in but you definitely you know milk is still the main part of the diet at this stage so you really don't want to be reducing those feeds yet My daughter definitely started having less and less milk quite quickly because she had a really big appetite for food, whereas my son was slightly less interested in solid food, but still, like he still ate quite a bit, but he really held on to those milk feeds. He did not want to let them go for a really long time. And I I found it 
I did find it really hard, particularly with having a toddler for that period of time, because it did feel like we were like milk feed snack, nap, milk feed, like, you know, where there was just so much to fit into the day. Yeah, I mean, it's quite good to use your snacks to tie in with the sort of mid-morning and mid-afternoon milk feeds. So you would offer the milk first and then just very quickly offer a small snack. So you're sort of condensing that time. But obviously that doesn't apply to your main meals. So you do. It passes though. Again, as with everything, these crazy phases, although it feels like they're going on forever when you're in the thick of it, you'll look back and realise that actually it passed really quickly and you survived. Yes. Yeah, absolutely did. And I I know we've spoken about this before in terms of talking about milk feeds, but it is really important to try and feed baby until they are full. It's important to continue to offer food to your baby if they're looking for it. It's really hard to overfeed your baby. Absolutely. Baby will stop when they are ready to stop. So, you know, if you've got a serving of puree and they finish it, and they finish it really quickly and really enthusiastically, then definitely offer them a little bit more and just keep offering little amounts until they actually clamp their mouth shut and say no more. So yeah, some days you will feel like you've maybe stuffed your baby to the absolute max, but they're not going to have taken it if they they weren't ready for it. I I find that really fascinating because I think your automatic reaction as a parent is they're a tiny being. They can't eat three bowls of I don't know, whatever, bolognese. <laughs> but they have an amazing ability to put it away, but also to to stop when they don't want any more. And teaching them that, which I'm not sure I was ever taught, seems like such a brilliant thing. My daughter now is so good at stopping when she's full, even if there are like sweets and snacks on offer. If she's done, she's done. And I think I was much more conscious of that when we were weaning her. And I was less conscious when when I was weaning my son because there was a lot more going on. So I would kind of be like, all right, he's done. Let's move on to the next thing. And he's definitely not got quite as good a skill at stopping when he's full, particularly if there's sweets on offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, every baby will be slightly different, but you, you just remember you can't overfeed them. Every week we answer a listener question, which is one of you lot sending us in a question and then we try and answer it because we feel it's really important to put any advice into practice in the real world. If you have a question, just get in touch with us online at The Sleep Mums, either on Instagram or on Facebook, or you can head to our website. This week, it's a question about weaning from Nathan. Hi, Kat and Sarah. We've been giving our six-month-old baby solids for a few weeks now. And I just don't feel like he's learning to eat food off the spoon. Can you help? Thanks, Nathan. Sometimes that can happen. You can start to feel really frustrated by the fact that, you know, you're continually, especially if you're making food, you know, you're continually offering food that you've lovingly made and baby is still appearing to reject it. So a few things to look at are the size and shape of the spoon that you're using if you have been trying with the oval flat shape then try something a little bit rounder and deeper and see if they just need to get their mouth over the spoon a wee bit more if you have tried pouches or if you have access to like the um the pouches that you fill yourself then actually try and just hold that close to the baby's mouth and squirt a little bit in straight from the pouch and see if they'll then start to suck from it that way and the other thing that you can try is actually to offer if they've been starting to progress onto a sippy cup for their water you can actually offer soup 
cooled down soup in a sippy cup. And again, that's just helping them. So although it's if they're sucking it, they're not actually learning the spoon skill, they're still then starting to take the taste and they're starting to enjoy it more, which will then help them develop to the point where they are enthusiastic about the food and then learn how to take the food off the spoon. But certainly look at the different types of spoons and start with that and offer a couple of different styles initially. I always find that a wee breadstick or a piece of toast in the hand help distract. So if perhaps if you're not doing any baby lead and they are over six months, it's always a good starting point to help, I think, and kind of distract them whilst you're popping spoon or or similar in their mouth too. Definitely. And use the good old aeroplanes and cows and horses and all sorts of flying animals that come at you on the spoon and dance around a little bit, get excited when baby smiles, pop it in. There's a wee bit of conflicting advice about that because uh, I thought that sometimes people said don't do that because you want them to be focusing on the food. But really what we're saying as we sleep, you do what you've got to do to get the outcome that you want. Absolutely. Yep, you definitely do. At this stage, you are encouraging baby and your focus is just to get some food in there. So do what you can, distract and get that food going in. And also it is about play. It is about learning. They're learning about food. And the best way, as we like to say, the best way to learn is through play. Absolutely. It's all about play, all about fun for both of you. So focus on that. So do you just need to persevere? You do, you definitely do. I mean, you, like we've said, it's not a, it's not something you can turn back on. So, you know, just keep going, try offering different tastes and offer it slightly different times of the day. But yeah, just you, you, you just have to keep going. So that's five things about weaning and sleep. We hope it was solid gold in terms of helping you work out the best way to start feeding your baby more than milk. As we mentioned at the start, you being ready is almost as important as baby being ready for weaning because once you start, there's no going back. And it can feel like a lot in the first weeks and months when baby will still be having loads of milk feeds too. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to our podcast, write us a lovely review. I mean, it doesn't have to be lovely, but I'm sure it might just help you sleep better at night. Kidding. <laughs> you can also follow us on social media at The Sleep Mums on Instagram and on Facebook. Just look for The Sleep Mums. We also have a website with a wee bit more about us and our book, Read It and Sleep. And there are also transcriptions of all of our episodes of The Sleep Mums if you want to have a wee read back over what we've said. Look after yourself and sleep soon. Don't forget, you can order our brand new book, Sleep Better Baby, the only baby sleep book worth having, full of routines to fit your family and practical advice that will help you and your baby sleep better. Search Sleep Better Baby on Amazon or head to our website, thesleepmums.co.uk.